Yo, what's up? We, we, we back. Hello. Can we you go? <laughs> I'm Chelsea. I'm Deidre. And we're giving you a million murders. I'm doing a murder today. A murder. A murder. Mother. I'm just going to jump on in. Do it. Dive in. Yes. So today I'm going to be talking about Sandra Garner and her husband, John. Mm-hmm. This case is one of those cases you get that you get uh, back and forth on. Like you, you hear one thing and then you're like, oh, they definitely did it. Oh, and then you hear more info and then you hear stuff about other people doing this. And then it's like, oh, no, they did it. And then it's like, well, this happened. Yeah. So I feel like this is I feel like this case is a very hard case. I mean, I'm not even sure what I think about it. Like, ooh, I'm like dumbfounded. Is that how you say it? Mm hmm. So. You know, a lot of times whenever I have a case like this and I don't know what I think about it, you'll say something that I didn't even think about and I'll be like, oh yeah, or mm-hmm. vice versa. Yep, like, I was about to say, and you do that too. So too. I'm wondering what your opinion's going to be, like an opinion, if you're going to have an opinion mm-hmm. and how I'm going to feel about that opinion. Hmm. So, I'm excited. This case may leave you frustrated either way and probably a bit confused because I, I mean, it, I'm confused. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So, today we're going to be talking about a couple named Sandra and John Garner. Mm-hmm. They met in the 90s in Paris, Texas, mm-hmm. when they were both working at a packaging company. Sandra is actually 13 years older than John, but that never seemed to bother him. She, ha- she had already been through a divorce and had two kids, so he stepped in as a father figure to them as well. Mm-hmm. Her son is Wes, and her daughter's name is Andrea, and the two of them dated for two years before they decided to get married at the start of the millennium. Oh. They got married on January 1st in Las Vegas and became a new family. John was known as a really nice guy, very outgoing, kind, very warm. Well, most people liked John and got along with him very well. Those who didn't would point out that he had a bit of a drinking problem and he would drink a little too much. He'd push boundaries, get a little wild at times. Hmm. I don't really specifically know what they mean as far as wild. They didn't really... Yeah, or like push boundaries, like yeah, what boundaries? Yeah, that was just what some friends and family said. Okay. So. <laughs> it's also been noted that he struggled a lot with his mental health, and he was on antidepressants at this time. Mm-hmm. John was actually a manager at the packaging company, so he dealt with hiring and firing people. He actually enjoyed firing people. Uh-oh. He found it to be fun. He got some type of rush out of it. He liked the power it gave him. And he Uh-oh. would say that he did not want people working for him that were lazy in any way or slow him down, which me either. I wouldn't want that. Right. Like Nobody that's, would. It's nor- yeah, that's normal. That's normal. <clears throat> the liking firing people. Yeah. Like it's very, it's usually hard for someone to fire people. It's normally a dreaded task. Yeah. That no one wants to do. Yeah. So that was kind of, I thought that was kind of odd. But <laughs> overall, he loved his job, his family, Sandra, you know. Mm-hmm. So life's going pretty good for him at this time. Sandra and John were deeply in love. They felt like partners in life, like soulmates. And like I mentioned before, John really stepped up and was like a second father to her kids, especially her son Wes. Him and Wes bonded a lot easier. I mean, you know, it's easier for guys to bond than it is a guy and a girl, you know. Yeah. It was a lot more natural for him to get along with Wes. However, he did struggle a lot more with Andrea, her daughter. Andrea didn't warm up to him right away. She kind of got strange vibes. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, that's fairly normal. Yeah. You know, your mom's with a new guy and you're just like, you know. 
it's hard when a parent starts dating someone or marries someone that you're just not completely comfortable with yet. Mm-hmm. And it can be a bit of a transition. Yeah. Well, in 2014, Sandra was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, also known as MS. Mm-hmm. And that's... This disease is so hard on your body. So difficult to deal with in your everyday life. It completely transforms your life. Yeah. Um... I mean, you can't even this, get out of bed some days. Yeah, this, like, it's so bad. This is irrelevant. But my sister's ex-husband's mom has it. And mm. she... So, I've, I've always heard about it. But I've seen it firsthand, like, how it really can be hard on you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, John really had to step up and be a caretaker for Sandra. He didn't mind that at all. He stood by her side every step of the way. Making sure that she was as comfortable as possible. Make everyday tasks and stuff easier for her. You know, making sure she's getting enough rest. Stuff like that. Yeah. And seeing John step up and take care of her mom really made Andrea realize John really did love her. Hmm. So that's when the relationship turned. She ended up really caring for John and thought that he was a good fit for her mother and loved him. The family was getting closer. He's close with Wes. He's close with Andrea, and his relationship with Sandra's really great. Mm -hmm. However, she's really struggling with her MS. Yeah. It's really taking a toll on her physically, mentally as well, and the medicine that she had to be put on was making her feel very sick and depressed. At some of her lowest points, Sandra actually thought about taking her own life. Mm. She felt like she was a burden to John. She felt like she was holding, you know, him back in life. She was just in pain feeling depressed she actually googled how to kill herself oh no well her biggest concern was about john how he would get on without her you know eventually she had told him that she was thinking about doing this he talked her out of it because he said if you do that i'm gonna have to kill myself as well so she said that that was the moment she knew she couldn't do it yeah so john essentially became her reason for living and she loved him very much. He was her full-time caretaker, you know, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, she couldn't work anymore. She had to quit her job. And he um, he also was the sole breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So he was carrying a lot of pressure in the relationship. And Sandra knew that and, you know, felt bad about it. But also loved him so much. Yeah. He never changed the way that he loved her or acted. He always had a good attitude. He was there for her, wanted to help her, and he truly cared about her. So at this point, Sandra is emotionally, physically, and financially dependent on John. Right. And obviously, that's a lot of pressure for him, but that didn't seem to bother him one bit. If anything, it seemed her having MS seemed to make their relationship actually stronger. Okay. So in 2016, they moved to May Pearl, Texas, which is a small town about 35 miles of Dallas, south of Dallas. Okay. And it has a population of under a thousand people. So it's small. It's teeny tiny. Teeny town. Well, they ended up buying a house. It was on the 100 block of Creekview Circle, and they moved in there with their two dogs, and they were both really close with their families, so close that John's family ended up moving across the street from them. Hmm. They would have they would host tons of events at their house, holiday get-togethers, birthday dinner, birthdays, dinners, all that. Mm-hmm. Their house and backyard became sort of a central hub for the family. So it was the hangout, hangout spot. Yeah, this sounds like Chelsea's mom's house. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like this is literally it. So things were good for them for years, other than her MS. You know that was very difficult, but overall they were really happy and their relationship was strong up until 2018. Hmm. So, let me go ahead and get my phone because I've got some recordings that I'm going to play for y'all. Yes. So, oh, I typed it wrong. Okay. So, it was Monday, January 1st, 2018. So, this is their 18th anniversary. Oh, okay, yeah. That evening, they were going to have dinner with Sandra's son, Wes. He came over in the afternoon. He stayed till about 7 p.m. And normally, John and Sandra didn't stay up very late at night. They normally went to sleep between like 9.30, 10-ish mm-hmm. at the latest. But then, at 12.50 in the morning, 
Police got a frantic call from a Sandra Garner. And I'm going to play. Ooh, with a 911 call? Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the 911 call. I'll again. snap. upset very scared right she's saying that he might still be alive that he's making some noises mm-hmm. she takes him off the bed to do cpr like the 911 caller told her to um if you couldn't understand she just said that some man had come in shot him and had her sit in the bathroom and count to 100 slowly before calling 911 so that's what she had just finished doing what's so weird is you have this woman screaming on the phone that her husband's been shot by an intruder Mm-hmm. And it took the police like 15 minutes to get there. Hmm. Like, they weren't that far from where they lived. Mm-hmm. Under a thousand people. Small. Yeah. So they were wearing body cams. The police were. I keep forgetting this is 2018. I was like, body cams? <laughs> you know, body I'm cam. like, this was <laughs> four so years So you ago. can see the whole thing playing out. Like, well, you know, once they get there, you can see the Ooh. officers first coming in the house. Mm-hmm. Sandra was originally in the bedroom screaming for help when they walked in. Now, I don't know how you feel about the 911 call, what kind of vibe you got off of it. Um, I don't know because I felt a little fakeness in it. I feel like she but got him I off didn't. the bed awfully quick. Yeah, like... She's like, okay, he's on the floor now. And I'm like... Like, what'd you do? Sling him? Like, I don't... Like, I heard like a thud, thud. See, but I didn't I'm even like, think about that. I'm like, it was so fast. Like, if you gonna move a a grown man who's dead weight, unless she just like... No, she's tiny. Is he big? Like, Vanessa's size. Yeah, he's pretty... He's not like big, but he's okay, like... Okay, because I'm like, I mean, if this is like a little... He's tall. I mean, he ain't small. Yeah, I mean, like, if it was me trying to get like... But Sammy knows? off the bed. Well, I can knows? get him off the bed quick. Who knows? Small. Your adrenaline's running, and you may end up turning into Hulk in those kinds of moments. That's true. Fight or flight. But, I don't know. I don't know. I'm torn between yeah. that audio. I mean, like I said, I some points I felt fakeness, but then some points seemed like she was really like... Yeah. I don't know. Like, the anxiety feels... Seems like it's there. Mm-hmm. But whether it's real yeah like i think it's it could i think it could be real but is it you there's some kind of ulterior motive and that's where the anxiety is coming from yeah. or is this my husband was just shot by an unknown intruder yeah Hmm. so john was lying on the floor where sandra had moved him the officers checked him and said that he was still warm so it's possible that he was alive when sandra first called right then you can hear sandra asking if he's still alive and then the officers realized the person who did this could still be in the house. They're just like... They're like, oh, shoot, wait, we got to check. Well, according to Sandra, a man was in the house. So, you know, because he was the intruder that came in, whatever. Right. So they start checking around, seeing if anyone's possibly hiding in the house. And they were able to clear the house, though... <coughs> they were able to clear the house, though. Mm-hmm. And they locked it down. And then they took pictures with one of the officer's cell phones... He snapped photos of Sandra all around the house, but unfortunately, before they were able to completely lock the scene down, several paramedics paramedics have been in and out of the room. You know, this happens, but it's definitely not ideal for a crime scene. Right. So, I'm going to play this second recording. So... 
she said, is he still alive? And then the officer said no. And then she starts, you gotta get him, you gotta get him. Hysterical. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they got there, Sandra was just emotional, upset. She couldn't stay calm for even a few minutes to talk. And they, she seemed very traumatized by all of this. Mm-hmm. But I have another recording. So he asked if someone came in and shot him, and she said yes. And mm-hmm. he was like, he came in the house, and she's like, yes. So they ended up calling in the Ellis County Sheriff's Office to help with the investigation. And if those audios are bad, sorry. <laughs> I know the, I know that one when I played it, it was loud at first. I had to pull it away, but... <clears throat> <laughs> so they ended up calling in the Ellis County Sheriff's Office to help with the investigation because they're a really small town. They rarely see these types of crimes, you know, under right, a thousand people. They're not equipped. Not equipped. No. So once the other officers got there, they searched the house for evidence, swabbed, locked down the crime scene. And meanwhile, Sandra was brought into the station for questioning. And obviously, she's the only other witness there. Right. So at this point, she's their best chance of solving this. So they start interviewing her around 2 a.m. She'd just been asleep, according to her. Mm-hmm. She's very shaken. You know, this has all happened very quickly. She was really struggling to stay calm, but was trying her best to not get emotional. Because she knew the more emotional she got, the harder it would be for her to recall information and help give them the correct information for them to solve the case. Mm-hmm. She was very upset about what uh, had happened with John. They started by swabbing her hands for gunshot residue. Mm-hmm. They took some pictures of her, and they also collected the clothes that she had been wearing before they started questioning her. So, here is how it all went down, according to Sandra. She first told them that they were wearing, or that they were sleeping, and it was a normal night. Wes came over for dinner, then suddenly they awoke to the sound of a gunshot, and she quickly corrects herself and says, it's actually two gunshots that she heard. When she looks up, And she sees a man in their bedroom with a flashlight and a gun. Next thing she knew, she was on the floor next to her bed hiding and screaming. She said that she was just hoping that someone would hear her if she just yelled loud enough. Mm Mm-hmm. Then she described this guy. She said that he was a white man wearing a blue hoodie and jeans. And this guy was also wearing a mask and he was taller than her. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all she recalled about his physical appearance. So the man ha- the man had already killed John. He'd already shot him. And Sandra starts saying, please don't kill me. And that's when he says that he was here to kill John as revenge. So she says this person was there because John had fired him from work. So it must have been one of their ex-employees. Then he said something about how he heard that John stored money in the house. And that he was there for that. So... She says she led him to the safe, where mm-hmm. he kept the money in the closet. Now, this is the way that Sandra says she was kind of able to catch a glimpse of his, of this personal. Like, she could only see his eyes, of course, but when, because, you know, he was wearing that face mask. But when the light from the light box lit up, it lit up his eyes a little bit so she could see. Mm-hmm. And she said that when she looked at the man, he said that if she ever looked at him again, he would kill her. So she looked away. Mm. Now, Sandra said that she then gave him the money that was in the safe. And according to her, it was like $18,000. They can't verify this. She said that, you know, that was how much it was last time she had counted it. But they had no idea of how much it was or if there was even money in there. Like... Right. They basically just have her word like what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Then he leaves her in the bathroom and tells her to count to 100 before she calls 911. They interrogated Sandra for hours. Not really interrogated her, but, you know, just questioned her because they didn't see her as a suspect. Right. So they let her go back home. And when she got home, all of her family had already gathered at her in-law's house across the street to discuss everything. That had happened. Mourn John together, you know, try to put the picture together of what had happened. Mm-hmm. Of course, Sandra was very upset. She needed her family more than ever at this time. And now most of the family never considered Sandra to be a suspect in any way. It never really crossed their minds, you know, but 
there were a few family members who had their doubts. Okay. Something like... I know. There's not really a lot of give and take here because it's like they describe John as a really good guy, like, and they never... seems like they never fought. You know, they were always... Mm -hmm. He sounds a little problematic with, like, the boundary pushing and... And yeah, the, the liking, the, the fire, yeah, the drinking, mm-hmm. the liking, firing people. He's sounding a little narcissistic, but that's you know. when he drinks. Yeah. Well, that's, but then the that's firing what they people. Said. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Uh, that's Stone Cold Soba. But we don't know that for sure. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> well, that night, Sandra went back to her house, which, I mean, you'd think would be pretty scary. Your, you know, your husband was just killed there. But she said that she knew John would want her to be there, and she felt more comfortable at her house. No. And she had no intention of staying anywhere else or moving anywhere else. In fact, she was hoping the killer would come back to the location so that she could kill him herself. Take what you will with that information. Um, So I don't think I would want to, you know, be in the house where my husband was killed in front of me. Yeah, and some, I mean, some people really, some people, some people do that, and that's, you know, they're, it's like, you know, that's what they have left of the person that's gone is like, the fact that they lived there. So some people do do this, but, yeah, like I would not be able to. So Sandra went home after meeting with family to rest, gather herself, you know, recoup after everything that happened. Well, meanwhile, Sandra's family had just gone over to her son Wes's apartment and told him that John had been killed. Mm. As soon as he hears this, he gets in the car, goes to the the police department to talk to them. So they brought him into a room to find out what he knew, you know, and at this point, Wes hadn't even talked to his mom yet. Yeah, like... Which is kind of odd, right? Like, you'd think... You'd think that the mother would tell... I mean, she may be so distraught that she can't. She's like, somebody's got to tell the kids, and somebody's like, we'll go tell them. Yeah, it's like, you know, but then again, it's like her husband was just murdered in front of her. You would think, you know, he'd want to take a second just to make sure, call, or or call at least to see if she's okay, you know, check on her. Yeah, like. But he didn't. He went straight to the (laughs) po. Yeah, to the police. I don't know. I feel like it just says a lot that he just. Went straight went to the straight cops. to the police. He was like, hold up, I gotta tell them this. Yeah, so as soon as he started talking to him, he started implying that his mom did this. Like, he didn't... When they'd ask him to clarify this more, you know, be more direct, what do you mean? He'd kind of clam up and get uncomfortable because, you know, this was his mom. Yeah. And I got a recording of him, a little recording of him talking to him. So he said, you were at your, you were around John last night. And he said, yes. And he said, do you think your mom killed? And he said, I don't know what to say, man. That's my mom. So Mm. he wasn't like directly coming out saying. Like, I think she she did it. it, But he's like, just take the fact that I'm here. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he consideration. He said he didn't buy the idea that an intruder had just came into the house. Mm-hmm. He said that the dogs would have barked. They would have, they would have had more of a warning, right, than just waking up with the man in the room. That someone was coming, you know. Yeah. And they weren't really looking at Sandra at all. They really believed, you know, her version of events. Yeah. Well, her and story, that dog, the dog was barking in the nine one one call. So you would think. Well, her story was very clear. She stuck to the story. So, I mean, you know, they didn't have much of a reason to question her until they talked to Wes. Right. So, she was good. Like, if she didn't do this, like, she almost had it. But the meddling kids getting. (laughs) So, he seemed almost eager to pin this killing on his mother. He never flat out accused her. Mm -hmm. But he made it clear that he thought she was capable of committing this murder. So, all throughout the night and the next several days, they searched all of John's belongings, all of their stuff in their house, all their cars. Remember that. All their stuff, all their cars. Mm -hmm. They had a few detached structures, like a shed, a garage, you know, and they searched all of that as well. Right. Well, Sandra drove a Ford Mustang that was kept inside the detached garage. So, Wes ended up telling them that Sandra had... A gun in her car that she normally kept in her purse, but it was also 
sometimes underneath the seat of her car. So the officers searched the garage, you know, on the Mustang, and they found nothing. And then he comes and he's like, she's got a gun in her car. You know, they'd already searched everything. Nothing was there. Didn't find nothing. So in John and Sandra's bedroom, they found a bullet inside of one of their pillowcases. And then they obviously took as much as they could from the house, you know, electronics, anything where data was stored, iPad, iPhone, anything that had messaging on there and, you know, search history. They also found a lot of guns in this house. Guns, this is a lot. (laughs) Guns were a hobby to John. Mm-hmm. Which, there's a lot of guys that have gun hobbies. Like right. Bradley. <laughs> he had a huge collection. He had 49 pistols. Oh my God. 12 rifles. And he didn't keep them all in one organized space. He just kind of stashed them everywhere. Oh, Lord. So, they were all over the house. Just all over the house. And I guess in case, you know, he needed to quickly access one, which makes you think maybe he really was worried that someone would, Ask that he fired or him. someone from his past would come and do what they did. Mm-hmm. And seemed to feel that he needed protection or he just loved guns. It could be both. could be just one, you know. You know. So the investigators were able to account for all the guns that they owned except for one gun. Which was a thirty eight caliber that John had gotten Sandra for one of their anniversaries. Mm-hmm. It was a Taurus pistol and it was registered to Sandra. So that doesn't look good. But not only that. When they tested her hands for gun residue, a small amount of gun residue was on her hands. Mm-hmm. A small amount. Right. Now, this can be explained in other ways. You know, she was near his body. She was touching him. She was doing CPR. She could have gotten it on her hands that way. Uh, you yeah. know, there wasn't that much. However, if they had bagged her hands properly, they put bags over, you know, they, they'll put bags over pe- people's hands like in a crime scene. Mm-hmm. Normally they do. Um, I've always been told mm-hmm. to preserve or preserve whatever's on them, because you know stuff can get knocked off, wiped off. But for whatever reason, they didn't do that in this situation. I guess because they just they knew don't. She was a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they believed her story. You know, so when they tested them, it's possible that some of it had rubbed off. Could there could have been more on there? Yeah, I mean if she touched it if. She touched anything. Mm-hmm. So it's been argued that there was more residue on her hands, but the evidence was not maintained properly. Right. I mean, I'm sure she washed her hands. If she's doing CPR oh, yeah, she on somebody have. with mm-hmm. a gunshot. So that's making her look more a little suspect. Mm-hmm. Well, then when they looked at her search history, they really sealed the de- that really sealed the deal. Just a few days before John had been killed, someone had searched, how can I kill someone in their s- how can I kill someone in their sleep? Ooh. Then whoever was doing these searches clicked on an article that said 16 ways to kill someone and not get caught. Oh, my God. Then there was a search for fentanyl, which does not look good. No. And also a few other medications. This was all in the midst of some really normal searches like how to make cappuccino in, a, an, espresso, in an espresso maker. Uh-uh. So, by January 4th of 2018, they're definitely looking at Sandra, but there was enough, there was enough, especially because they did not find a, there wasn't enough, especially because they did not find a gun. So, they checked everything, never found anything, and then Wes is like, she has this gun that she keeps in her car. So, they decide to go back to Wes and tell him, that they had already searched and they didn't find a gun in her car. He was confused and Sandra claimed that she never told Wes that she kept a gun in her car because according to her, she didn't. But Mm -hmm. he said that she did and if she did it, would be underneath her seat. So the next day, they decided to check the detached garage again, see if anyone, or see if maybe they had missed it. Mm -hmm. But when they got there, the door was locked. Uh Uh-huh. So, Wes went to go ask his mom, who was over at the in-law's house across the street, if she could give him the key so that the police could search the car. When Sandra heard this, she threw her fork down. She was eating something. I don't know what she's eating. She freaked out and said, F no. You can tell them to F off. Ooh. 
So everyone in the room was just kind of quiet, like, what? Cricket, like, cricket. What's going on? We thought you wanted to, you know, to help solve this. Like, right. Like, if your you husband know, had been brutally been... slain and the cops needed to go back in the garage again, sure. Go, yeah. go right ahead if you have nothing to hide. You know, she's been cooperative this whole time, like, up until this point. Yeah, no, she's done got the gun back in the mm-hmm. car. <laughs> But she felt like at that moment that things were starting to turn and that they were looking at her, which made her really mad. So I guess they're saying that's why she reacted how she did. Mm-hmm. Mostly because she felt they weren't looking for the real suspect that had killed John. Right. So she walked across the street and tried to stop them from searching the garage. <laughs> and they had told her, we're going in the garage, whether Never you agree warned. or not. We're just going to kick the door down. So... <laughs> Do you Give want to keep your door? <laughs> and we can make this easy or we can just make this hard. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. Oh, man. She got the keys over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, when they looked in the Mustang, what did they find? Thirty-eight caliber Taurus handgun. It had been wrapped up in paper towel and was in a grocery bag set underneath the seat exactly where Wes said it would be. Hmm. So now you see where I'm like, Okay, Wes just knew. Kind of thing. He just she, knew. But then the garage was locked. Why was the garage yeah. locked? Oh, it's Lord. Like, Here we go. I know. It's Here like, we uh, go. So automatically they knew that they couldn't have missed this the first time. I mean, it was right there. Yeah. It would have been too hard to miss, obviously. And they knew that someone had to have placed the gun there after they had originally searched. So, Wes saw all this happen. He walked across the street and told the entire family that they found the murder weapon in Sandra's car. The gun. They found a gun in her car. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, that's when a lot of them started to shift their opinions on Sandra. I mean. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Just think you're sitting at a family dinner and your uncle has been murdered or somebody or in your son. family. Yeah. And like. Their spouse is sitting there. And then somebody shows up and's like... That they found the murder weapon in the possession of them. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. So, at this point, John's whole family believed that Sandra did it. Yeah. But they had no idea why she would want to do something like this. Why she... Why would she want to kill John, her caretaker, the man who loved her so much? Mm-hmm. There was no reason for her to do this. Like, no motive. Right. So, Sandra brought... Or, Sandra was brought in for questioning again. And this time, it was different. They were definitely pushing her. Yeah. She was now being interrogated as a murder suspect, not just a witness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were accusing her of this crime, and they accused her of lying and trying to throw everyone off. Mm-hmm. They said that she killed John and that she put the gun under her own car seat, but Sandra started freaking out. <laughs> so, as you've... As you've seen, like, after every recording I do, I kind of, like, go over what they're saying. Because I just get nervous that you can't make it out. But I like playing them because it's... Mm-hmm. You, can, you can at least hear the I want you to Yeah, I want you to try to feel, like, the energy and in, in how she, they're acting and stuff. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. This is when she was being interrogated. She done talking to him. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> so, you know, seems that she's very emotional. And mm-hmm. some people say this is really good acting. But honestly, I don't think... I don't, you starting to think she framed? I don't think it's... I don't know. The way she acts throws me off so bad. Mm-hmm. Because... It's like a little upset, a little hostile. And then it's like... Did you, like... Did you do it? I don't know. Well, other people say that she's genuinely upset and can't and cannot believe she's being accused of murdering her husband. Yeah, I mean, oh, but sometimes when people lie, 
they go to the defense and they turn it around on you Mm -hmm. and they're like oh you're gonna like no oh you want me to admit something i didn't do i didn't do it like you like i didn't you know there's some parts when she's like denying the gun being in the car and she's like there wasn't a gun in my car like yeah like no there was boo but there was i don't know so the next step was to analyze the gun, but they were not able to pull any evidence from it. Obviously, yeah, no fingerprints, in the DNA, doggone towel, paper yeah, towel, white no evidence, or no fingerprints, no DNA. But they were able to prove that John had been killed with that thirty-eight caliber gun. Mm-hmm. They confirmed that both of the bullets came from the gun as well, and that that was the murder weapon. So now they have the weapon, and they believe they have the murderer as well. Right. They decided to arrest Sandra for murder. They went to her house, stayed there. She wasn't home yet. Mm. And then eventually she pulls in and was shocked when she got out of the car. And they immediately (laughs) arrested her for the murder of John Garner. Oh, my God. You just pull up to your house and Mm -hmm. you're getting arrested. Back up, leave. (laughs) No. I mean, if I was innocent. (laughs) No, I wouldn't because that'd make it worse. (laughs) But, of course, John's whole family is watching all of this from their house across the street. The tea. The tea. You ain't ready. They got They it. were actually cheering Ooh. because they felt like they were getting some kind of justice yeah, for John. Yeah, justice been served. They over there hooting and hollering. Mm-hmm. So, Sandra was brought into jail. Her bail was set at $2, two million, which is way more than she could ever pay. So, she was stuck there. Right. So, Sandra was officially indicted for the murder of John Garner on March 21st, 2018. She spent the next year and a half in prison. You said she was what? Exonerated? No, indicted. Indicted. Okay. For the murder. On March 21st, 2018, and she was in there for a year and a half. It definitely took a toll on her physically and mentally. Like, you can see, like, pictures of her in the courtroom. Like, she just looks terrible. She looks rough. She looks real rough. She's been aging. It seemed like prison kind of drained her of all the life that she had left. Mm-hmm. And by the time the trial came up, she just looked very tired, like you can just tell. So the trial officially started in September of 2019 in Wax- Wax- Waxahoochee, Texas. <laughs> probably. Which, probably not saying that correctly, but you know how that goes for me. Waxahoochee. <laughs> Even though Sandra was clearly exhausted when they started the trial, like I said, she really did look exhausted. She looked rough. Wolf. She, <laughs> she said that she felt confident, though, so that's good. She felt like they I didn't guess. have enough evidence to actually convict her. But on the other side, they felt very confident, and they had everything they needed, more than enough evidence to convict Sandra yep, Garner they've definitely of murdering con- her husband. Yeah, they've convicted people on much less. You didn't have the gun in your car. After they searched for and it. And it's registered under your name. So. <coughs> they actually thought that this was a slam dunk case. You know, they had the proof that she owned the murder weapon. It was in her car after they had searched the first time. It yep. just pops up. Open, closed case, they thought. Mm-hmm. But the more that they had dug into the case, they realized that there was a chance that she could get off. Because there was plenty of other ideas out there of what could have happened or who or who could have done this. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to tell you what I thought because I knew I would eventually, you know, get to the part of the case. So before I begin, I'm going to ask you what you think so far of the case. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not looking good for sis. It's not looking good for her. The gun... You know, the 911 call sounded stressful. You know, she sounded like she was in stress. She, you know, I do feel like the body was moved really quickly. Mm-hmm. I feel like if someone's been shot, you wouldn't be moving it. Sl- like, you'd be, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be like, like uh-uh. <laughs> I feel like it would take a minute to yeah. carefully place someone on the floor unless she just rolled him out the bed. So I feel like that was odd. Or just pushed him and he just went, thump, yeah, know? like the, like, cause I do, you, if you listen back, you do hear like two thumps, mm-hmm. but I feel like. For two thumps to be that quick, it was so fast. You know, I don't know. So, but then Wes going straight to the cops, not being like, oh my God, is my mom okay? You know, him just straight thinking she killed him, but not really having any reasoning behind it. Like she said, I was, she said she was going to kill him. They got into, they've been getting into a lot of fights lately. Like like there there was was nothing, Mm -hmm. there was nothing to back up. 
anything that was going on. And then the fact that they couldn't find the murder weapon, but then the murder weapon resurfaced. It's like, is she just being dumb? And she's just bringing, like, why would you bring the gun back? Like, do you think everything's safe and sound now? Like they've checked. Now I can put it back under my car. Cause like you would want to get rid of it. And you know that they search things more than once. Yeah. And like, you're saying that this intruder shot him. Also, did she not recognize, I guess she couldn't see with the flashlight. I'm like, did you not recognize that it was your gun that killed him or was missing? But then there's also like 8,000 guns in the house. So would she know? Mm -hmm. And how did he know? She said she didn't keep it under the car. He said she did. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. He talked to them and was like, no, there's a gun that stays under there. All of a sudden it's there. So maybe she's locked the garage in general. Because she thought they were done, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, I would lock a garage. I mean, I but would why was she Mustang? so a- yeah. Mustang in there? yeah. But why was she so angry about it when they wanted to search mm-hmm. again? There's a lot, yeah, I don't know. Because I could see Wes pinning it on her. But I also don't understand the hostility in some aspects of what's going on. Yeah, like, it's, it's, confu- it's very confusing. <sighs> okay, here we go. Oh, my God. Well, one, one of the biggest hurdles that they knew they had to face... Mm-hmm. was her son Wes. Right. Why was he so sure Sandra did this? Why was he so set on making sure that the police knew what he thought? Wes was never considered a suspect or even a person of interest. But when they looked into it a little bit more, they realized there was more to Wes. Mm-hmm. He definitely had the opportunity to kill John, and he may have even had a motive. So they kind of have something. Okay. You know, they never had anything on Sandra like, couldn't figure out a motive that she had. Right, like why she would have done this. Yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, Wes had access to Sandra's phone and her iPad. And he was at her house a lot. Which, granted, it is her, her mom, night. you know. Just four days before John was killed, when those searches were made on Sandra's device, Wes was in the house and had access to all of them. And what's weird is John and Sandra went to bed around 9.30 at night, but those searches were made around like 11 p.m. Ooh. Ooh. Well, wait. That wouldn't even seem to put John or Wes at the scene. Yeah. Now, who's saying they went to bed at 9.30 at night besides Sandra? Wes? No, Sandra's Sandra's the only one that said that. Okay, so according to Sandra's accounts, they went to bed at 9.30. And then those searches were made at 11 o'clock. So, wait, which searches? About the killing people? Mm-hmm. The searches that were made. Okay. Hmm. Those were made around 11 p.m. Right, after they supposedly went to bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they were a little weirded out by the fact that Wes kept pushing them into the direction of his mother. Like, he seemed set on making sure his mom was pinned for this. Like, mm-hmm. they thought it was odd that he was so ready to blame his mom without even talking to her first or looking at the situation a little more. Yeah. And then, of course, the fact they found the gun in Sandra's car after Wes had told them it was there and after they had already completed the search Yeah, and hadn't found anything, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like the whole thing's starting to look like a setup. Mm-hmm. When they started working on everything for the trial, they originally had thought that they had a solid alibi for Wes and that he was home drinking beers and watching Netflix. And they actually confirmed this by his Netflix account. Okay. Well, they saw that he was logged in, you know, watching at this specific time that John was killed. So it couldn't have been him until they realized those times were listed in the wrong time zone. But granted... We all know. Back in the day, you could just play loop it. Now, it's like, are you still there? Like, it didn't always do that. Yeah, but it does it after so many episodes. Like, it takes a while for that to kick in. like five or six episodes. Yeah. And so, you know, you think they would have double-checked that. That's, I don't know. It turns out, though, that Wes did not have an alibi. Mm Mm-hmm. There was nothing to prove that he was home or anywhere else at that time that John was killed. So he could have just, quotation, left around the corner, come, you know, come back and did what he did, or if he did, but... Yeah, because where does he live in relation I, to all this? I don't know. It didn't say. It just says mm-hmm. his family went to his apartment and told. Okay. 
So you would think that they would, you know, double check for that type of thing. But, I mean, I guess people do make mistakes, even police people. Yeah. But, you know, it for real, like, never ceases to amaze me the stuff that they don't do. Yes. Or they let slide, like. Mm-hmm. I understand people make mistakes, but, I mean, sometimes, come on, like. I ain't a police officer, but I think I'd be pretty good. <laughs> I think I'd be pretty good at this. I'm just I don't know. See, this is so. Here's where I'm but at. But not all policemen are like that. It's just well, no. And people do make mistakes. I'm not saying I'm not bashing right. the police or nothing. But, but you know, it's just a struggle sometimes with these stories. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, the intruder, the light flashed in his eyes. He said, "If you look at me, I'll kill you." Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, but not only that, Wes also had a motive. I mean, turns out, Wes was under the impression that he was in John's will. Anyway. But Sandra (laughs) didn't seem to have a motive, anything like that, like to do with money or anything. Mm -hmm. So, to me, it don't really make sense, you know, for her to want him dead. Yeah, like she needs him. Yeah, like she, like he takes care, like, like I said, MS, you need somebody. Like, you you need somebody. Yeah, if it's real bad, like, you are going to have to have help. And, you know, it was such a big part of her life. And, you know, he took care of her every single day. She kept making the point, you know, over and over again, why would I want to kill him? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, this is very interesting. But in Texas, prosecutors do not have to prove a motive. Texas don't... It's not a requirement, but it does really help when, you know, trying to convince a jury. Yeah. yeah, It's It's the wild west out there. They're like, I don't need a motive. You killed him and you're going to to the electric chair, period. Well, a big point that was made to the jury was about the lack of experience and improper handling of the case by the police. So, (laughs) there's some things on here. It's talking about how, you know, first it took them 15 minutes for them to arrive to the house. Uh, Then the chief was working that night. And this was his first time working on a murder investigation. And I mentioned before they had failed to lock down the scene. So the crime, like they locked it down. But this, the crime scene was so trampled initially, which could have affected things. Yes. They also brought up the fact that Sandra's hands should have been bagged. Right. She should have been brought to the police station even sooner than she was. So it wasn't looking good for the prosecutor. And there, and I seen a clip, a video clip of... The the body cam, mm-hmm. she like flops on the couch and like gets up in a ball and she's like, he's like, did so someone come in and shot? Yes, you know. And I was just like, that was kind of, that was kind of odd to me. Hmm. So the jury was definitely skeptical of the police work, just kind of like the, some of the evidence that they had got. Um, do you remember me telling you about the chief about him taking pictures on his phone? Yes. A round of Sandra in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, somehow, they were all deleted and got lost forever. What on earth? So, that don't look good. (laughs) Y'all just struggling. So, they also pointed out that no one ever fingerprinted the actual Mustang. Like, they found the gun. That was it. Okay, we out. Nobody nobody checked for fingerprints to see. They could have lifted fingerprints off the door handle underneath the car. If someone had placed the gun there, maybe, you know, there was... A fresh print. I mean, there had to print. Yeah. So, they interviewed a couple of people that John had fired in the past, but didn't do anything else. Like, that was just... In court, the prosecution tried to make the point that no intruder would come in the house and have a full-blown conversation with the victim and the victim's husband, you know. Yeah. Why would they be talking this much at all, telling her this information, saying exactly why they're there, you know, why they're wanting to target John. I mean, they straight up said that he fired them. What she said. So why would you... Or like, yeah, did so it for now revenge. They, yeah, because then they can backtrack all the people that he fired. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they also brought up that the killer must have forgot their weapon because they used Sandra's gun at the crime scene. Yeah, like how would you know that there are even guns in there unless you... Mm-hmm. Unless knew they knew that, yeah, they knew that they were there, but. Yeah, and all the guns yeah. in the house, where was Sandra? So where's Sandra saying her gun was if it she was never, never under the car? She never said. She just said that she never kept it in her, kept it in her car. Okay, so where was it then? Sis? Under her pillow? I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like, but that's, an, it's like, 
Okay. So, the prosecutors dismissed the idea that Wes could have done this. They said that he just... he. This is... This blows okay. my mind. They said he just didn't seem like the type of guy. You know, they straight up said... He don't seem like the type of guy. And he's just too nice and that he also doesn't seem smart enough to do it. Oh, they done called you dumb in the, in the courthouse. One... You don't have to be smart to kill anybody. This, like... And you can be a seemingly fake, nice person, good guy. I'm like, hello, this is 2018 when this happened. Mm -hmm. Like, we've seen Ted Bundy. We've seen John Wayne Gacy. He was a politician. Yep. Like, it's kind of a part of it. Like, you can't just be out there like, hey, hey, like... And trying to kill people, people mm-hmm. gonna run away from you. You don't want your victims to run away. You yeah. want to keep them close. You can't just be like, "I'm gonna kill you." Like, like when I when I re- whenever I heard that, I was like, "No, that this did is, not." If this was 1955, I would. If it was 1955, I would not be surprised by this like conversation. Yeah. This is 2018. 2018. We've been through the serial killer 70s, where everyone was a serial killer, mm-hmm. and only a few of them were like genuinely like looking creepy yeah hello crazy blew my mind i was like okay (sighs) most importantly they brought up the fact that it didn't make much sense for sandra to do or to not have known that it was wes on that night which makes sense like why would she not know her own son it's her son sitting in front of her if it's her son yeah yeah in a sweatshirt and a mask apparently you know is she really not able to tell who this is in front of her? Like, she didn't recognize his voice. Which he could have, you know, done change. something. But, I mean, I feel like when I try to change my voice, my mom and dad, like, know it's me. Yeah, like, No it's... matter. <laughs> um, and if this was Wes, she, I mean, she must, she had to have known if it was him. Like, I don't know, it's just confusing. Like, it's just everything. They, they bring up stuff and it's like, oh, yeah, this. Didn't think about that. So now he looks he looks innocent. And then they bring up something else and then she and then he looked guilty. It's just back and forth. That's why I'm so confused. Yeah, I mean, I do think as much as I want to say you would recognize your child, you also like someone comes in with a gun and the flashlight. If it went down the way it did and mm-hmm. the husband was shot, she could be in shock. And the the trauma, because trauma, your brain will literally make you forget things. Yeah. Like, you will not know what happened in a trauma if you become severe. Which, I mean, that's, like, something that could happen. Like, people have to go to therapy and, like, reprocess their brain so that they can, like, remember the trauma Mm -hmm. and then work through the trauma. Sometimes have to get put under the, whatever you call it. Yeah, like... Hypnosis. Yeah. So, I mean, but I still feel like at some point in there, she would have been like, Wes? Wes? Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. Well, they even brought up the fact that she claimed to have gotten a good look at his eyes, too. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, wouldn't you, rec- wouldn't you recognize your child's eyes? Yeah. Now, does he fit the description of what she, does he have dark hair? They, he had a mask on, so... So how she know it had he had dark hair? Didn't she say that? Mm-mm. Blue hoodie, blue jeans. Blue hoodie and jeans, and then a mask. mask. Why did I think she said dark hair? Did she say dark eyes? I don't know. I could be just no. She this didn't up say anywhere. anything about the color of the eyes. She just said she got a glimpse, and then he was like, "If you look at me, I'm gonna murder you." I'm a kid. So okay, I'm just uh, making it up. I think I honestly think I am. Sandra says that she can't understand what it would be like to have someone come in and shoot a gun in your house while you're sleeping it startles you so much that you're not thinking clearly like you said Mm -hmm. and she said that she was so scared and panicked that she just didn't pay attention and that can happen yeah so now it's like okay makes sense so maybe it could have been west she just didn't realize it was him see how it goes back and forth and it's just making me crazy oh my god okay well she says now looking back she thinks that it actually was Wes. Huh. Yes. Sandra thinks that her son killed her husband and framed her. 
So then they decide to let Sandra take the stand, which is always a risky move. Yes. On cross-examination, she did struggle quite a bit. Mm-hmm. She was, But she was able to tell her side of things, you know, get her opinion out there, her feelings. But also, they were able to kind of rip her story completely apart. Just to shreds. So she wasn't able to recall a lot of information about the search history. She wasn't able to explain some of it. Which definitely made her look bad to the jury. Yeah, of course. I said jury. 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 The jury in. But I mean, if it happened after she said she had went to sleep, that is yeah, something specific. I mean, I feel like if you plan on murdering your husband, are you really just going to be laying in bed and being like, yep, you know what, tonight's the night I'm going to kill him. Let me go get my iPad and find out mm-hmm. how I can kill him. I feel like you need more time to prep. Yeah. And her not know, her not being able to explain the searches, maybe she didn't do it. Uh, maybe that's why she couldn't explain it. Yeah, like maybe Wes left. Like, all right, we're about we're gonna go bed in a little bit. Or he could have taken the iPad. Or yeah, whatever and brought it, was it back that was on there. But I feel like they would have known it was at a different location. Oh, but yeah. who knows? Because they ain't dusting for fingerprints on the Mustang. So they probably I didn't. Know, probably didn't. So, Look. yeah, he could have came back into the house. I'm sure he has a key. Maybe he just don't have a key to the garage. Unless he didn't. He's just, well, she probably would have been like, well, you got one. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. like, give me the key so I can get back in. Or so I can let the police in. So I don't know. I mean, if he was there... He could have literally just searched that stuff on the iPad Mm -hmm. before he shot her. Like, he could just be very much implementing her in all of this. Could be. (sighs) Who knows? So, by the time they wrapped up, the state had presented over 400 exhibits of evidence against Sandra. And they were feeling confident that the jury was going to find her guilty of murdering John Garner. Mm Mm-hmm. But when the... the, But when the defense got up there, they pointed out to the jury that the prosecution was not able to prove anything beyond a reasonable doubt. Yep. The trial finally ended after about four weeks. It was originally supposed to be two weeks, but it was double because there was just so much to go over, and everyone Mm -hmm. was very exhausted afterwards, I'm sure. (laughs) Pooped. (laughs) They were hoping that it would be a pretty long deliberation, that the jury would really go back and forth on this, you know, but it ended up only being a couple of hours when they came back with their verdict. So it was that day at 5 p.m. that everyone, including the family, gathered back in the courtroom to hear the verdict. Mm-hmm. So Sandra was found not guilty. Sandra was very happy. She could not hold back her joy. She gave her attorneys a big hug. She's smiling ear to ear. She was clearly very relieved to be getting out of jail, which hell, I would be too. Yeah, I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. I'm out of there. Especially if I didn't do it, you know? Yeah. But we still don't know that. Even though she was found not guilty, that doesn't mean she didn't do it. Right, of course. After 21 months in jail, she was free to go home. Of course. Dang, almost yeah. two years, yeah. Of course, Sandra and her family, her daughter Andrea especially, was super happy about it. Everyone but Wes and John's family, of course, was not happy about this at all. Yeah. She gets to go home now to the house where John's parents are living across the street. Mm. After, even after jail, she said that she was she had no intention of moving. She wants to be in the house close to him. So for a while there, they were living across the street from one another. Which mm. I can't imagine how no, awkward yeah. that would be. Because they think 100% that she did it. Yeah. Well, eventually it got so uncomfortable that they did end up moving. So The in-laws? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as I could tell, no one in John's family has even talked to Sandra um, they all think she got away with murder. And Sandra's really close with her daughter, Andrea, but they're not close with Wes at all. Like, they're completely cut off. Yeah. Mm. And Sandra believes that Wes was the one who killed John. And now John's family has stayed in touch with Wes, obviously. And they think that Sandra did it. Oh, Lord. So the prosecutors from the trial believe that Sandra did it, even though they weren't able to prove that she did it. And they are not pursuing any other suspects sandra has gone on to live her life she lives alone as far as i could tell with her two dogs that they had her attorney and andrea her daughter are very concerned about her safety 
you know, worried that the killer is still out there and might seek revenge on her. But Sandra believes that it's her own son who killed her husband. But nothing more will probably ever be done. They're... Um, there's pretty much no chance they're going to move forward with Wes as a suspect, and they can never put Sandra on trial again. Right. Double jeopardy. <laughs> it seems that we're probably never going to know what truly happened that night and who actually pulled the trigger. But to this day, Sandra maintains her innocence, and so does Wes. So now the question I have for y'all, audience people, because Deidre's already give her a little opinion, Kind of. I mean, she's torn like me. Do you think it was Wes or do you think it was Sandra? Who do you think murdered John Garner? Because I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I don't have was a it, what? Or was it, it, it an intruder? Was it really somebody else? Somebody that he fired? Or just some random... So... I don't think that it was somebody random. I don't either. <laughs> because the gun that was used was at the scene. Mm-hmm. Somebody, like, you don't go to kill somebody and go digging around for a weapon unless it's like a knife. Unless you, like, you know it's there, like, yeah. aka Wes. Yeah. Like, it'd be different if he was stabbed with a knife from the kitchen. Okay, yes, you can go into if you know somebody really well you obviously wouldn't bring your own knife to kill them you'd want to use one of their knives Mm -hmm. get rid of it and then if they go to check your house there's not like some butcher knife missing Missing. like so the fact that this gun was somewhere whether it was underneath if it was underneath the seat in her car how would someone know that that's where she kept her gun Mm -hmm. she said it wasn't but Wes is so adamant that it is there. I mean, it makes sense. He would know that it was there. It makes sense that he would know because it's his mom. Yeah. So I think, honestly, that Wes made up that story about the gun being underneath the seat so that he could go back and plant it and there. And he did. And was like, no, there's one under the seat. Like, I'm telling you, she keeps it under the seat. And then they go back and look. And it's there. And surprise, it's there. And why And why is it wrapped up in a bag and... Wrapped up in paper towels in a bag. In and a then bag. put in a bag. Like, oh, so if it was her gun, her fingerprints would be on it. It's her gun. Why would she feel the need to wipe it down and, you know, put it in a bag back under her car? Like, mm-hmm. why would she ever use that gun again? Like, she just really liked the gun? You know, I think Wes did it. I think he pretend like he probably knew where spare key was. I think he went back in the house. The dogs didn't bark because they knew knew him. him. He done got on the iPad. You know, did all this. Trying to make it look like. Yeah, trying to make it look like that. It happened at 11 o'clock. I don't know when. When did they say? Did they say when the shooting happened or when they thought he was shot? Um. I think it was around 1 a.m. I think it was 1 a.m. whenever she called. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I just feel like if you're... There's crimes of passion and then there's premeditated murder. But I feel like if you're going to premeditatively kill someone, you're not going to, like, Google two or three hours before you kill them how to kill them. Yeah. Like, surely you would plan ahead at least, like... I know people procrastinate, but are you really going to, like, procrastinate murdering someone? 12.50 in the morning, police got a frantic call. Yeah, that's like an hour and 50 minutes. So, like, what'd she do? Get on there and Google a little bit, didn't find anything good, so she decided to use her own gun to kill her husband? Like, why would she use her gun, her own gun, when there's 49 pistols in the house? Mm-hmm. I, mm, I don't know. I think I got a conclusion, and I conclude... <laughs> I think Wes did that. It's just too weird. He's just all up yeah, in it. Yeah, it is weird. No one wants to think that their mom's a murderer. And then you have no evidence to back up why she would want to kill him. Yeah, she has no, him. No, he didn't have nothing. He just... Like, I don't... I don't know. That's like, my mom, man. Yeah, like, he's acting like he almost was asked to come down mm-hmm. the way he's talking. Yeah. But no, you came down on your own accord. 
to talk to us. And then when we're trying to ask you stuff, you don't even want to answer. Like if your mom was this terrible, horrible, like abusive person, she was like, I'm going to kill him one day. And then he died. Yeah. You'd, you'd go straight like, to the police and you'd be like, I think my mom is unstable. And I think she killed him. And not having nothing to explain like why you think it's your mom. Yeah. He was just stretching. But, but you don't want to say nothing because it's your mom. But then. But you were fine to come down you here. You were fine to go down there. And now like. You and your mom no longer speak, but that's your mom. Like you care about her, right? Like, oh. yeah, and that's my mom. But then you're like, oh, I know. Like, if the gun was missing, the gun's missing. Mm-hmm. What if this? What if this intruder was trying to loot the house? Like, why couldn't he just go with the intruder theory? Yeah. Like he didn't have to act like it was his mom. He could have just said, he could have just went right with it, been like, this was terrible, this was horrible. They used her gun. He could have got rid of the gun, and they would have been like, the gun was stolen, and they would have had no suspects. But, like, I think he was mad at his mom about something. I do, man. And wanted that money. Well, honestly, it could be greed. But, yeah. you know, I I don't know. Well, I hope you liked the case. Uh, yes, obviously I did. That's a good one. I've never heard that Even one before. I did an unsolved. You know I love an unsolved. You always an unsolved hater on me. I can't help it. It's all right. Well, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at ameliamurders.com. Ameliamurders at gmail.com. Yes. Um, and if you have your own stories, you know, whatnot, just hit us up. Yes. And you can visit our and follow visit and follow our instagram at a million murders you get to see the people the places the things the victims the bad guys um all of that stuff and we also have our facebook group mm-hmm. a million murders that you can go on i recently posted something on there <laughs> to update you guys on like what happened with our little shout out so like we're trying to start using it more and i just posted a picture of yes. recording. Yes, that's right. I said in the studio. In the studio, <laughs> in the club. So, yeah. All of that stuff. Well, thanks for tuning in. We hope you come back for A, a Million, million more. more.